Hey everybody, we at Podgave Rock and Roll Do You want to make it clear that we don't mean any offense by our comments, critiques, or opinions. We're not music critics, just buddies that use talking about music as an excuse to hang out. Also, our language is intended for adult ears. Enjoy! Cause I'm in the shed house Wish I played in a rock and roll band Somebody give me a dollar bill So I can pass out Are we recording now? We are recording now. We are okay. recording. So, so we're talking about girls. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're, it's, it's fine if you laugh. We, we have a live audience tonight. Nice. Uh, we're talking about girls and specifically songs with girl in the titles. So I say, Jonathan, what's your favorite song with girl in the title? What would you say? Why are you asking me such weird fucking questions? <laughs> is what I would say. But to answer the question, I would say, girl, Beatles? be a woman soon. Oh, Neil Diamond. Yeah. That's a is great- that Neil Diamond? Urge, Urge Overkill covered it for yeah, the yeah, Pulp Fiction, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's a good tune. Yeah. It's a great yeah. tune. It's so dramatic. I like, drama. I like the drama. Well, <laughs> Neil, what, uh, what about you? What uh, song with girl in the title? Um, I think uh, a classic song that um, just stands the test of time. It's so great is Girl from Ipanema. Mm. Such a such a good tune that's been done by so many artists and like just has that it's not rocking it's it's nothing you'd really it's bossa nova it's yeah. uh, Antonio Carlos Hobim oh, do the Something melody bump. Is that fifties or sixties? Like fifties, early sixties, I'd say. Yeah. I feel like you, a lot of like Elvis movies probably had that in it. That was mm-hmm. Hawaii. But it's an island trip. <laughs> in the 50s and 60s, all islands were the same to Americans. There was one island. Yeah, yeah that, was one. <laughs> that was Guam. Uh, Antonio Carlos Jobim. It's good stuff. So if you ask me what the best song with girl in the title is, it's My Girl, and I don't think there's an argument to be made against that. But if you ask me, Josh, when I say a song with girl in the title, it would be... Could you be the most beautiful, the most beautiful girl in the world by Prince? I don't oh know why. Oh I don't know why. I'm not saying it's my favorite or the best. I'm just saying that's what comes to mind. Because deep inside, you're a dirty motherfucker. Could you be? I don't the even. Most beautiful girl. This is like a Burger King commercial. Could you be the most beautiful burger in the world? <laughs> yeah, it's a Carl's Jr. commercial. They should do that next. Those Carl's Jr. are so filthy. Those commercials are scandalous. They make me blush. They're like a country music song in burger form. Uh, I don't know about that. They're like a fucking Kid Rock song in burger form. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good song. I, I, I can't say I've listened to it all that much. My Probably, Girl or the Prince song? The Prince song. Like, I know it. <laughs> but uh, well, well, it's not in the title, but like, girl... You really got me now. It's just called You Really Got Me Now, but that's kind of in It should be, girl, you really got me. Girl. That's a badass fucking song. Yeah, but but just there's a side note on the uh, My Girl. There is a Muddy Waters live record that I have where he does like an instrumental where it just, the, the whole bass line in it is don't, don't, don't. Don't, 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 oh, really? don't, mm-hmm. don't. And he's just jamming over it, and it's just like, oh, my God, this sounds so fucking good. We can, um... We can go with plural, yeah. I'm cool with plural. girls. Talking fat bottom girls. Oh, the good queen. One. Okay, That's a damn good one. That's a great song. Yeah. Jonathan, you got another one? Uh, yeah. I mean, and, and okay, if you listen to this song and it's like regular form, you know, oh fuck it, never mind. Girls, 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 girls. Yeah. Fucking Motley Crue. That's a good one, mm. man. That's yeah. Good. That's a. It gets right to the point. It's, <laughs> the thing, they're, they're honest, right? They just want to go hang out with strippers. <laughs> I mean, like. There's no deeper message. Well, it's just girls. It's girls, like you girls. say all the time. Like I want artists to tell me who they are, and they tell you who they and are, and they tell you who they, they are. Make it very clear. Who they are. They're called Motley Fucking Crew. Like what could they be about? You know, girls, girls, girls. I will say this: Do you ever notice how they spell their name? It's not C R E W. It's C R U E with yeah. the two dots. Yeah. yeah. Are they German? No. What it does is, uh, there is some one of the beer is like Lowenbrow or something that has that, and like yeah, Nikki yeah. Six was like, yeah. If we name ourselves after something famous, then we'll be famous automatically. But they decided to not go with that, but they did take the two. Yeah. Well, there's certainly a scene in the dirt about that. Oh, yeah, is there? 
Yeah, yeah. Because I'd read that some random thing. But yeah, so girls, 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 definitely. I mean. Girls, girls. So I'm going to go with Tim McGraw's Don't Take the Girl. No, I don't even know that <laughs> oh song. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> you joking. are reaching. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> don't take the don't girl. Don't touch my cock. Did <laughs> you see that shit where he slapped that woman for grabbing his dick? What? Yeah, yeah. Tim, Tim McGraw? McGraw? He's at a concert. And he's all being a stripper, putting his dick on. And a chick reached out and just grabbed it. And he fucking bitch slapped her. Because Faith Hill wasn't having that shit. It's like, motherfucker, your dick should not be at face fucking level for her to grab it. So, <laughs> seriously, if your dick is at face Unless level. Unless you're at Ch- Chippendales, right? Which he was basically being that. So, so, growing up 30 minutes from the Mississippi River, we used to go get crawfish in a town, ta- like over the river bridge in Vicksburg. You, and bought, you bought your crawfish? Yeah, we would buy Oh, you fancy. We had to catch yeah, ours. Yeah, we, we, uh-huh. we bought it. We, I, we, we weren't, I mean, we were in high school. We weren't about to catch and boil crawfish. But, like, we would go to this town called Mound, Louisiana, mm-hmm. and that's where Tim McGraw is from. And there's like literally a shack that you walked in, and there was like a wooden bench and a bunch of like cooler, like igloo coolers. And behind the thing, like where you got your crawfish, was Tim McGraw's senior picture, like a like like a sixteen by twenty. But it was like that senior pic where he probably had like he had a mullet. And like he had like the suit on up top, and he was just like looking to the side, and it was just like, let me get let me get fifteen pounds of crawfish, and while I'm waiting, I'll just look at Tim McGraw's high school senior picture from nineteen eighty. That's your own hold music for the fucking cash register. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Tim McGraw. Tim McGrawfish. But, but Tim. <laughs> Tim Neil Badoon yeah. Ching. Yeah. Neil Marsh, ladies and gentlemen, he'll be here all night. On the um, top of the arc. <laughs> bang. Uh, <laughs> But I would say Tom Petty has a few. Yeah. I'm not going to go with the obvious one. I'm going to go with Here Comes My Girl. Yes. Oh, yes. Not, which is like the bastard sibling of American Girl. Here Comes My Girl is a great song. Um, I was thinking about that, too. I definitely, like, that's kind of me and Michelle, one of our songs. I, I, I put that on many mixes. I love that, too. It's, it's great. Um, Jonathan, what, give, give me one more. Um, oh, okay. Don't, do, don't Take the Girl has already been said. I don't even know what this song is. Once again, if you just listen to the song on face value, you're not going to love it. But I've been playing this acoustic version of Girls Just Want to Have Fun from... It's a great song. Come but on. from the guy's point of view, where you, you sound like a guy who fucked up and never realized that like his chick wanted to go out and have fun, and I'm the kind of curmudgeonly asshole that made that mistake of four or five times. <laughs> <laughs> that like... And and, it, and you play it from a place of regret. It's a cool song because it's like that's all I really want is some fun and and it's just it, it's a bit, it's a well written song. I don't need to hear. I mean, I love Cindy Lauper. Actually, she's really cool. But the song itself, if you can play a song on an acoustic and it sounds good, it's cool. And like that's yeah. a great melody, man. That hook is fucking is. amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it is. I, all the girls in high school used to listen to that shit, and I was I would be like, this is a jam. This is a jam. It's <laughs> a jam. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Neil, what you got? Last one. Um, well, it's it's one of the Chili Peppers' best kind of sneaky Stop it. Do songs. they have a best? Yeah, Breaking the Girl. Such a good tune. That's a cool tune. Yeah, I mean, as far as the Chili Peppers, it, it's very unique. I like the Chili Peppers. Um, I don't. There's I so, well, look, there's so them. many songs with uh, Girl in the title, and that's just a that's a really good kind of just... More off the beat. Talking and fucking and tearing and tearing and breaking the girl. Yes, it's a great song. It's fine. You just don't like the Chili Peppers. People have gotten really comfortable shitting on the Chili Peppers. I think. Yeah, yeah. Josh, especially. It's a comfortable band to shit on. It's bandwagony. It's like a toilet with like the soft seat. Heated. I'll go. I really love the Beatles, girl. Uh-huh. From Rubber Soul, yeah, um, it's just a great little like. It, it feels like you're sitting in a room with him while he's like telling you, like, girl, oh. ooh, sure, that's that's great. Is that is is that Lennon? Yeah, gotcha, absolutely. Also, uh, just honorable mention, Psychotic Girl by the Black Keys, and uh, also a very. I cool have a contender song. for your fucking nobody. No song is better than my girl with the girl in it. What brown eyed girl? Yeah, I'd yep. still take my girl. Oof, I'd oh, take brown eyed girl. I'd take brown eyed girl. I'd still take my girl. And I would take just my imagination, maybe over brown eyed girl, but I, but that doesn't have girl in the title. I know, I'm saying for songs that are good, I think in terms of girl in the title, those are probably the top two American girls, probably like on the outside looking in. But I would take, I would go my girl. If if you were like, 
one song you could listen to like before you died out of these two I would take Brown Eyed Girl I would definitely go Brown Eyed Girl and I'd say just overall that's that's our age difference coming through I think another mention most songs were recorded before any of us were born (laughs) just one more mention is uh, California Girls great tune also Surfer Girl Mm -hmm. yeah that's that is a that's some of the better I like that but just there's something about California girls that's so American. So let me just, ask you this: But wait, you, Beach Boys or Dave Roth? Lee, Beach Boys. I was turned on to David Lee Roth, and I still love that. I still kind of like, and I like the Chris Kattan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. oh, no, that's the other. One. That's the other one. That's the Just a Gigolo. I'm just a Gigolo. I'm so Every, sad and lonely. Everybody, lonely. everybody. In the video, <laughs> it has like fake Willie Nelson and all that shit. But dude, when Chris Kattan does it on SNL. Any more girl songs? No, there's plenty, but I think we're done. Oh, Neil, you think you were done? Okay, so Neil says we're done, and on that note, <laughs> I mean, I can't. You, you were listening to Pod Get Rock and Roll to you, and we're talking about songs with girl in the title, because this week we are discussing Cinnamon Girl from Neil Young's 1970 album, Everybody Knows This Is Nowhere, written and produced by Neil Young, also produced by David Briggs. I want to live with a cinnamon it's classic neil young i mean i got into him when i was pretty young uh, my parents got me um the double disc decade and kind of listening through that it's it's always acoustic stuff and then halfway through that double disc it just takes a left turn with cinnamon girl and just starts pumping out like these kind of just more rocking hits that still maintain his like kind of dreamy mysterious songwriting but also just have this edge and grit to him that is so good i mean from this album it was his first one with crazy horse and he really kind of took that loose rock band out for a spin on tracks like this just like really carved his own sound with just this folk dirt rock that just sounds so good the complete sound of it i mean it's it's neil young and his whiny voice and on the other side, it's these just so, the sonic destruction of guitars. And just the, the song and the riff and everything is just so nasty and revolutionary. I think I probably got into this in high school. I mean, because Neil Young always had so many songs you're just aware of. Old Man yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, and this one's great, man. It, it's just so, you know, I don't. I, w- I want to say All-American. Of course, it's not All-American. But it's just so like meat and potatoes rock and roll. It's so straight ahead. I've always dug his stuff, and it is. I never quite thought about it really until you were just talking, Neil. I, maybe that's why he always plays that low, growly, heavy Gibson Les Paul vibe because his voice is so high. And that kind of offsets it. It gives it like low end kind of growl, and so he brings that folky element to rock. But he also he you could tell he's obviously well versed in the whole California sound because it's. Of that ilk, and I've always loved this song. I've always thought it's been a great song. Yeah, I mean, it's short. It's rocking. It gets to the point with that great opening riff. And like you said, John, I mean, it's another song that's just kind of been, seems like it's been in my head forever. So you're saying short and girthy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's short, it's, but there's a lot to it. It's definitely a chode. Uh, <laughs> I didn't realize that was an actual adjective. <laughs> Or a noun, I guess you're using it as a noun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's chody. <laughs> Very uh, chody. Chodish. It's chodish, yes. But but I'm 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 gonna go ahead and say that this is not anywhere close to my favorite Neil Young song. I listen to his stuff still, and this is never one of the songs I'm gonna play. And it's honestly, and I I don't know if I say this because I've heard it so much. It's honestly a song that I'm going to change if it comes on the radio in the what? car. Yeah. What? It, I do find this song a little bit boring. It, the guitar work, great. The riff, you know, basically forerunner to grunge. The solo where he just wails on one note. It, the outro even. This may be my favorite outro in any song we've talked about. But the song as a whole, I think, is a little overrated and, and less than a lot of other tunes in his canon. Well... I think maybe lyrically, um, that's what you're talking about. But as far as a whole sound, and you just said it, like it's one of the best outros of all time. Like, 
And one thing I had written down is like, no one would ever change the song. So you, you broke my, <laughs> you broke my mold there. Um, cause like, why would you change the song? Even like, how can you like actively hate it? I, I see if you're not into it, but don't turn it off. Don't do that. Uh, yeah, I'm going to do that. Don't do it. I, but again, I don't know if, I don't know if it was, I don't think this is a bad song. I, I just, I, and it's probably more that I've heard, it, heard too it too much. We, we can get into the specifics, but I, I find the vocal not as effective as like, like you're saying the high wine with this kind of edge, edgy band behind him. I don't find it as effective in this song as I do in say cowgirl in the sand or down by the river, which are both songs he said he wrote on the same day as this song mm-hmm. when he had the flu, which is pretty, pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah. But pretty impressive. But, but I just think other than the guitar work in this song, nothing else really stands out to me. To me, it's like, it's like birdsy. Like the melody is very, and I mm-hmm, love the birds, mm-hmm. like for that kind of stuff. And so yeah, I, 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 just, I love it, the melody. It has such a I don't dreamy. Think it's as pretty. It has such a dreamy AM quality to it. With this, just I, it's not even rocking guitar. It's I don't even know what to call. It, it sounds like f- concrete falling or something. It's so low and. I hear what you're saying, Josh, but I, I, I don't understand how you could like not like it. I didn't say I didn't like it. Um, well, you said you would turn it off, and that offends me. I don't love it. I mean, to be fair, I feel that way about a lot of Tom Petty songs. I, I'm just fucking sick of them. Yeah, but but like I would, but I've heard Down by the River more than I've heard this, and I would not turn that off. I've heard Cowgirl in the Sand probably more than I've heard this. I wouldn't turn that off. And I do think they're similar songs in how they're constructed. Well, the thing for me, I think about this song is, it almost makes me feel nostalgic i can just remember like this feels like being in a band in college and you're just playing some kind of rock tunes and there's some chick you just have a maybe you don't even know her maybe you've never talked mm-hmm. to her you're just like mm-hmm. that's cinnamon girl i'm gonna live with that girl <laughs> you, never, you never even meet her right i know but yeah. it just has that you know the drummer waits between shows it just feels mm-hmm. it feels like something i can very much well, identify with and it's something that we can all relate to just him dreaming of this perfect beautiful woman that's going to dream in the moonlight with him and wait between shows and just, yeah. Um, it's just such a, you know, it's just such a relatable sentiment. It's a fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I get it. I, I just, I, I don't think the, the, the lyric is, is great. I, I, I just, I think it's kind of a bunch of mush with cinnamon girl. I mean, like there's a feeling there for sure. And that it's very, it's somewhat dreamy, but I, again, it just, that flower child birdsy kind of melodic and how they mix it and all of that stuff. I just don't think it, it works up against that, the edge of, of the band and like the Ooh, power. It of works the band. so I just, well. I don't work. So, so you're well. feeling, you feel like it's cinnamon flavored oatmeal. <laughs> I, oatmeal rock. I feel like, I feel like it's cinnamon flavored anything. I don't, I don't like cinnamon. That's what it is. That's what it is. Pervert. Like what the hell you mean? You don't like cinnamon. <laughs> <laughs> fucking weirdo. Yeah, he learned. I, I can look. I can eat cinnamon toast, but like, if you're gonna give me a piece of big red, I'm I, I'm like, no, really. Not I've never heard know. anybody yeah. say that before. Really? No. Yeah. I've, cinnamon? No, I don't know. I've never heard anyone does it. It's like literally cinnamon. cinnamon you spice don't know anybody that nice. just like. If like, you were like, here's a cinnamon stick, and they'd be like, yeah, I'm good. I'm just going to eat a cinnamon stick. I'm just saying, like, I'm not <laughs> Yeah, a I probably stick. won't. I don't want a cinnamon stick. <laughs> no, but I mean, the term is literally cinnamon and spice and everything. It's like it's like one of the everybody, it just feels like holidays and comfort. And if there's cinnamon involved, things probably pretty good, unless it's, you know. Well, you know what? I come from an unhappy family, so maybe that's it. <laughs> That could be the source of it. Um, <laughs> Maybe the holidays. I don't like to think about the holidays. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah, may, it's because of my family. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just I've never heard anybody say they don't like cinnamon. Well, I do think that Cinnamon Girl is a good title. There's multiple songs that are called Cinnamon Girl that people have written, so it's obviously uh, something that works. I just, again, the vocal and the lyric I find a little stale. And a little boring. Everything, like, you know, the music, the band is sounds great, and the guitars sound great, but the, like, song song is just like, eh, it's average, I would say. Well, obviously, one of the most important parts of this song is the guitar. Just kneel with that black Les Paul and double drop D, which is so, which is 
this is almost a song that like you know is an advertisement for that tuning Hold on, like he's in double drop d. what is double so just your e and your both your e's are in d oh so that's the double part yes the he the does that on a lot of yes. songs right yes he certainly does um interesting the loner old laughing lady ohio like a lot of his hits that that you can tell they have that drone to them you know what i mean like you can always be hitting that low note and kind of messing around and, and he, does. he sure does mess around like he does the mess around the, the opening he hits a lot of that <laughs> the opening riff is so good it's so simple but so groovy and rocking and then what he does at the end just the pure kind of just expression When they come in the beginning, is there clapping going on yeah. there with the guitar? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Jonathan, what are you You're laughing like, what at? What could it be? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. I just, I just, I never heard of double D drop tuning. Double drop is, D, man. Double D drop no, tuning. Double, I think it, we should definitely call it You've double never D. played in double drop D? You've never dropped the, you've never dropped the D I've twice dropped some, on your ass. Dropped that I've D, dropped some bro. double Ds. I wonder how many double Ds <laughs> drop when he plays this song. <laughs> All right, thank you. How do we get back? How you. do we get back from here? <laughs> How do we get out of this? The guitar. <laughs> so you like the tuning, the the tuning, but okay. So there, there's clapping going on there, and then so that opening so riff kind of reminds me of Wild Thing a little bit, right? I mean, it's kind of like a, a an evolution mm, of of that. There's some similar movements, I think. Jun, 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 jun. It's but it's jun, 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 jun. or like a cream tune, right? No, just just the attitude with the guitar, but like I don't like and just maybe a little just bit. Just that straightforward out of the gate. Jun, 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 jun. I mean, it's oh, yeah. like fucking. Yeah. Ogres walking toward the gate in Lord <laughs> of the Rings or some shit. That is a good that is a good descriptor there. But I also love that this almost riff in general almost redefined Neil Young's career. Because he was just acoustic guy, CSNY. You know, and this album was one of his first real breakouts as Neil Young and Crazy Horse. And yeah, it just really redefined his career. It's, it was such a cool move to to take his folky attitude and then also put on this kind of really experimental just sonically guitar playing this was their first this was his first solo album right i think there was one before of a compilation of like his stuff but yeah Uh, i think this was the first one yeah Yeah. definitely first with crazy horse but i got it the helter skelter yeah yeah certainly very similar to helter the beginning of I mean, just the driving. It's another song that just kind of yeah, comes that's what out it's of very the just gate. meat and potatoes guitar driving rock. at you, right? Exactly. Uh, and then, as you kind of go through the song after the intro, which it's curious how he he saves the solo to, for the end, and then the outro is almost like the beginning of another fucking good song. Yeah, I mean, I'd say so. I mean, it's definitely the beginning of another song. I mean, it doesn't oh. sound like anything that's come well, before. Well, you guys are just it's doing just... like Superman. <laughs> no, no. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, but it's like, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, I mean, I, as much as I like the riff, I like how he, he comes, they come in with that heavy but then it gets that very light, open, stringy. Mm-hmm. Yes. That, and uh, that contrast in the guitars is really probably my, because yeah. the, the riff's good, but that contrast between those two sections I really like. Yeah, and the two guitars that like mesh really well together. And the way they come in, because there, there's the main riff, and then there's that middle one where it's like, like where it's kind of yeah. a little, just a little different, but kind of has a bounce to it that snaps the rhythm a little bit. You see us together, chasing the Maybe my, maybe my my problem with the song would be that contrast between when the vocals come in and what's going on with the guitar there. Like it's so stark. That, You're talking just that open that, picking, like da na na. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I love that. It's kind of cool though, and I dig it because it's, they both sound great on their own. And because it's in that tuning, having all those droning D notes going on bass and um, the high D in this case, um, it really just helps that too. It, that's kind of what. That tuning he has it in kind of really paints this in a certain mood. It does. Yeah. It's darker. Like, and mm-hmm. because it's lower. 
probably my favorite part of the song is in the solo, he just hits this one note over and over again. And he doesn't follow the melody necessarily, but it almost sounds like he is. But if you listen to it closely, <laughs> he's just hitting the same note. Yes, he sure is. It's... And it's not... That last note he hits, you, you, you almost feel like it's going up where the down, down, down. And it, it sounds like he's changing with the melody, but he does no. not. It is the same note he was hitting before, no, and which is odd. It's famous. But it sounds great. It's famous for that. It's just the one note, yeah. note solo. And um, I know Neil once said, they asked him about it, like, oh, what about this just one note solo? He's like, I mean, they're all Ds, but they're all completely different in my eyes. They're, you know, you got to listen harder. They're all, they're, they all have their own character. But it does break it up. He, in the middle, he plays a, a little riff with the other guitar. and Well, so we can focus on those super sweet dance movie, moves he has. Oh, my God. They're I so mean, good. that's what it is. It's like he has to commit to that dance. Stomp, man. Yeah, yeah, so good. The, I love it. He looks like he stomp. He looks like uh, what were those wrestlers that would go in with a just stomping with their arms above their head? <laughs> they wore the camo like. Uh, we're uh, talking WWF, WWF, WWF. WWF. I um, do not. No, it's, I, just, I think of Frank, I think of Frank, Frankenstein always. Frankenstein. Just, it has that Frankensteiny, you know, like uh, brighter. The song or the monster? <laughs> the, the, the monster. No, the Neil Young dance. Neil Young, he's like, another <laughs> You know, kind of shit. Like, what was that Gene Wilder one? Was that Young Frankenstein? Young Frankenstein. So great. <laughs> it's alive. Uh, but it's just Speaking very of beaten potatoes like that. Speaking of being alive. Let's uh let let's let's talk about the melody for a little bit since to to me it's kind of it's it's fine. It, it's not great, it's not bad. It's it's probably a little bit better than the lyric, so it's a little it's like above. I like how light I like the tonality of it. I like the how or just the placement of it cuz it's so like up in the cloudsy uh, over this heavy bottom indie song. And I, I dig that. Yeah, I, I'll I give like you that. the space it opens up with that. It sounds like he's soaring, like he's flying, and that's the feeling his yeah. cinnamon girl well, gives him, like he's flying through the clouds. Yeah, da, da, yeah, and it, <laughs> da, 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 da. yeah, that, that's that's a good way to describe it. Yeah, that, and the way sure. it does just kind of mirror the guitar at the beginning. A dreamer, a pig. It, it's almost descending or rising, like you're talking about. But there's there's subtle differences in the melody. So like that part you're talking about, Neil, I, I'm not interested in that at all. Yeah, uh, just yeah. Keep, I'd rather him just keep playing the thing. But when yeah. he goes into I, no, I hear you. I'm, I was just relating it to the guitar. But the way he ties that light and airy harmonic space back into the riff, da 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 do da 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 da. Like that's it's hard yes, to tie that part, melodic yes. harmonic space into riffiness. That's very that's, that's very cool. Yeah, and how at the end, just the cinnamon girl goes so low, like you were just talking about my cinnamon girl. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And then in in the middle he's like, um, "Ma, give me money." That's see that that's another one note thing. That is that is super burning. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. definitely as 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 well. This, I think it's the same note as the solo. Yeah, I'm sure it is. <laughs> I think it is. Because that's why it goes from that yeah, exactly. to the solo. Yeah. I'm pre- I have to I have to tra- check it out, but I think it's the same note. So we, he goes up and he stays up. Ba-da-da. Exactly. But, but yeah, I mean, the, the melody is, is, is fine. I think... I'm, I'm just not sure how much the, the lyric itself is taking away from the melody for me. I, I, I really the lyric is probably my least. So what's part the of worst? The what's the worst lyric in the thing for you? It's not necessarily that any of the line like Pa sent me money. Now I'm gonna make it somehow. I need another chance. You see, your baby loves to dance. It doesn't make any sense to me. The Ten Silver Saxes verse is fine. That's dreamy and has a quality of like you know the girl he's talking about there. A dreamer of pictures I run in the night. You see us together chasing the moonlight, my cinnamon girl. It's like we say, it's, it, that's kind of just cool sounding gibberish. Yes, some of it is, but I love how he takes it from the dreamy and it almost takes you out of it when he talks about the drummer waits between shows for a cinnamon girl because it's like all this running in the night chasing the moonlight and then you just see this drummer like with his roadie waiting for him. 
and it's kind of funny. And and that's the same even at the end where he's still kind of in that, um, I guess, the bridge. And it's almost like the same sentiment is out on the weekend, like a lonely boy trying to make it pay. He's, he's saying, pa, send me money. I need another chance. Like almost just, just as like a, a rock and roller. Trying to, right, yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that that's where it's, it's kind of just him apparently in this flu state dream, having these dreamy moments. And at the end, it's kind of just a cry out for help. Like, I know I'm going to make it, but, and just the passion of that. Look, the, the lyric fits and the melody fits. And even the way that the vocals are and it, it, with the time, 69 flower children, Southern California feel like, like you mentioned earlier, Jonathan, all of that stuff makes perfect sense. I, I just don't think he pulls it off as well as he does in some other songs on the on this album. Everybody knows this is nowhere. Well, I will say this: just the sheer breadth of the melody, like from the highest notes to the lowest notes, it's a pretty broad uh, sweep. It's I think it's I'm sure it's over an octave, because like it, there's a epic, there's a like a down home epicness to it. It's very because it's not like Pink Floydy where it's these big concepts. Just once again, the space of the the harmonic range of the melody, I think, just gives it some of that grandiosity. And not not that it's an epic, but it is. It's a big feeling. You're saying that like I wanna live with a cinnamon girl and pa give me more. You think that's a more than an octave? Come here and make another chance. You see your baby loves to dance. Yeah, it keeps going. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, but that's. Uh, I, I, I don't think, think you were singing an octave of a part, but I think like I feel like it definitely goes from like lower chest voice to falsetto. But, but but here's the thing: there is a duet going on throughout this entire song with him and Danny Witten, which I think is so, very and, cool. Yes, I don't really love the way it sounds. I think it sounds better in other songs that they do that on, I, and I don't know if that's because of them or the mix. But I don't like. I think it's almost too lo-fi. And I think that's him going. I mean, he's doing. That's probably him Wynn's going doing high. high. Yeah, yeah, he, he's going high. Neil stays pretty low the entire time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Did you happen to listen to the other mix where I think the other guy was even a little higher in the mix? Kind of. It's more rare, but it, it was the original mix, and then they brought Neil up a little more for the album. Do you have it on another disc, or like is it on like Spotify or something? Or is there a, I like, think it's probably on Spotify. I think I might have listened to it on YouTube, but it's not much different. It's just a different mix if that's what you're looking for Josh it also dates the song I, I think completely that the well, way I think the vocals that's are part of the beauty of it I love how dated it is it feels it rustic has, yeah so it does two things because like riffy songs are usually riffy or like kind of har- harmony songs are kind of har- but the fact that he's doing them pulling them together is I think is I think they complement each other well and they keep it from being too one dimensional and and that that makes sense. I think for me the I just kind of zone out when when he starts singing. Like the only th- parts of like the song that I really like when he's playing guitar, the the intro in between the verses and the outro and the solo and the outro and then like you remember Cinnamon Girl and the the pop give me now although I've never known the words to that until this week. I mean, like, you remember that? That's probably Think the best part of the melody. Think of demonstrating you not yeah, knowing yeah. the words. Watch your pom poms, Let me demonstrate well, not knowing the words. I mean, you said you didn't know the end words, but you know, you've always known all the other words. Like, people... How you said that... What do you say the end words? I probably didn't know exactly what tens over saxes was. I feel still like you're saying something racist. <laughs> <laughs> You're, you're saying the end, the end words. words. You, make sure you yes. get that D in there. <laughs> I, I definitely never knew it was ten silver saxes, a bass with a bow. Yeah, um, terrible lyrics. Which is a crazy line. That sounds like ten yeah. silver saxes, a bass like, with a he, bow. He's, he's, des- <laughs> he's describing this drummer who's waiting, uh, his cinema girl's waiting backstage, and but there's this band with ten silver saxes. And what, what kind of band is this guy in? Uh, an, a, a heavenly angelic I guess so the fucking hellish um, jazz chorus scape. of saxes <laughs> hellish jazz scape <laughs> this is the band that, that comes in the end of the Snyder Cut Justice League about the melody and the words if you hear this he, there's many acoustic versions where it sounds so good it sounds like a classic 
just one of Neil Young's classics. Even I think even if this was an acoustic song, it would still be a well-known Neil Young song. Even without the the epic guitar, I think that's to speak to why the melody is so important. It's still good on acoustic slow. Uh, I I agree. The the one on Four Way Street where he does the medley yes. with uh, the loner and, and Cinnamon Girl and uh, Down by the River is the yeah by far the best version of this song in my opinion. This song. You say Four Way Street? Yep. Yeah, it's like a live CSNY yeah. thing, and he just does an acoustic medley by himself nice. during that show. And I think Crosby or Nash, or, yeah, Nash was like Neil Young, man, <laughs> Neil Young, man. Nice. At the end of it, everybody's like, "Yeah, Neil Young, man." Two hours later, like, that, that, fuck that asshole. I'm never working <laughs> with him again. That was definitely that was definitely Stills. <laughs> <laughs> or else it would have been Neil Young. Um, well, just yeah. So I mean, you know, we touched on the production. It's just it, it for me. It dates it for you guys. It doesn't. Production wise, I do have one issue. This song sounds it's sounds like it's about two beats a minute too slow. It sounds just a hair sluggish. Like it's like I just bring it up a little bit, guys. No, just, no, just not no. But when he starts singing, part you of don't it. want it to be faster. No, I just a, a little bit. I don't say it, not, not nothing that changes the vibe of the song. It just feels just slowish. No, but but there's a many covers where they do that. We'll get to that. It doesn't sound good. It needs that drag that leans into those low I notes. Agree. Those no, but I'm not, and I'm not like, saying not laggy. I'm saying, but it, no, that first part. No, it's, it's just, part of it. It's 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 part of why you like it. The thing I'm criticizing is what I really. I feel yep. like I'm Jonathan, trying to be listen gaslit. To Neil. He knows why you like. I feel it. like I'm being gaslit. I I have a great. You there's a great kinda. story about the 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 production of this album. It was produced by Neil Young and a guy named David Briggs, who basically worked for Cosby's production company, like doing comedy albums for a while. <laughs> Bill but Cosby. Then, Yes. Did you say Neil Cosby no. or? <laughs> What's the, I don't even want to know the name of the production company. Uh, night Night Fucking Productions. Night Night. <laughs> Nightcap. Jesus. Nightcap Pudding Pops. Nightcap. Yeah, that's the stuff. Okay, so anyway, this guy picks up Neil Young hitchhiking on like the in, in Topanga or somewhere, or on the PCH, and they become fast friends. And then Neil's Neil's like, "Yo, you, I'm doing my first solo album. Do you want to help me produce wow. produce it?" And he's like, "Yeah." And then they lifelong friendship. The guy died in '95 of like lung cancer, but he like he worked on a lot of Neil's records, co-producing with him. It's pretty crazy. Ha- you just I like pick a, up a hitchhiker. I think I have a crazy and Neil Young probably looked like he was homeless too. He still looks know? like he's homeless. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like past tense. Has he ever looked like he's a homeowner at ever po- at any point in his life? Have you ever that guy owns a home? I've never thought that. <laughs> Maybe like that, that guy, guy like sleeps on a it. train. I could see that. Um, <laughs> that that guy has a shopping cart. <laughs> yeah, like boxcar, like just hop in a hobo. Um, well, speaking of speaking of Neil Young's vibe, let's 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 hop on to our vibe time section of the. I don't pod, know if guys. I can vibe to Neil Young or not. There's nothing. Jonathan, you got you got to crank that shit going. up. We're, we're about oh. to we're about to pick up some hitchhikers. Three, <laughs> two, one. Oh, God forgive me. <laughs> Sorry, Neil. <laughs> Neil, what's uh, what? When do you want to hear? Okay, Senator? I want to hear it loud on vinyl. Um, and I guess if I were to set the scene, it'd be like a backyard, dusk, loud vinyl record of this song would would be very nice. I want to hear this song going down the road, Neil driving, Josh in the back seat. I turned up real loud and prevent you from changing it. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that's exactly what I want to hear it. Neil has nice. the real. I got the Josh. I want to hear this song. When someone else puts on the vinyl and then fast forwards it to Down by the River, Cowgirl in the Sand, everybody knows this nowhere. Or when they put on the single and I quickly switch it over to the B side, Sugar Mountain. Ooh. That, that's, oh, I do want to oh, hear so just good. the beginning of the Neil, song. So good. 
Oh, yeah. I, I want to hear the beginning of the song and then change it to <laughs> those see songs. see conne- the sugar and spice connection there. Yes. There's the sugar. And I agree with you, yeah. Josh, in a yeah. way. Like, I want to hear this song and then everything that comes after it because the, the catalog is impressive. <laughs> the ca- <laughs> it's lengthy and girthy. <laughs> it, it's, it's everything you could ask for. Well, since we're at, outside listening to vinyl, why don't we slide under the influence and talk about what this song influenced, what it was influenced by, what you would recommend folks listen to if they like this song. Neil. Well, looking into it, um, I, Neil Young was into this guy named Lonnie Mack. Have you ever heard of him, Jonathan? Yeah. That shit's pretty uh-huh. good, man. Um, I, I yeah. checked it out. And basically, uh, Neil Young went into like a, a, a guitar shop in Hollywood and asked for the same amp that this guy played because he was so into it. And that, that was right before he did this album. I mean, it doesn't translate directly because Neil Young's so unique, you know. So it's tough to look at too. I mean, I, you know, he's he's so great. You know, I feel like Lennon and Dylan and just kind of like, just having an attitude and with a with a, some of the electric stuff. Moving forward, I definitely think Neil Young and this song influenced "Horse with No Name," the song specifically because it sounds like a Neil Young song. Jonathan, what you got? Um, I would say this song was influenced by sideburns and rhythmic swaying. Sideburns and stomping? <laughs> or rhythmic stomping. That being, as I mentioned earlier, Frankenstein comes to mind, the character, not the uh, the song. And then also, I would say this de- definitely you, you hear like we're nir- Nirvana. Are you saying that Mary Shelley is the cinema girl? Possibly. <laughs> that, that, that is Byron, I think, actually was the cinema girl of the group. Um Lord Byron, that is. Um, but there again, it really has like a Nirvana, where it's like riff heavy yeah. but melodic, and higher, higher register vocals. I would definitely say uh, is where where it uh, led to. Yeah, I, I I'm gonna stand by my Kinks, Cream kind of is what the beginning of the song reminds me of mm-hmm. at least, and then mm-hmm. the birds are good, kind of a mi- a mishmash of that shit, and then grunge, like you said. I mean it. Yeah, grunge. When I hear the beginning of this, I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, this is basically Godfather like a of grunge, grunge and this was one of the songs that started it. I've sure. got an anecdotal thing that's kind of cool about Neil Young. Yeah, um, I, I, I don't know how many folks know this, but him and Rick James were roommates. They were in a band in... together, and they were both ah. signed to Motown in that band. Wow. Do we know the band name? Don't know. It was something pretty. It's pretty like like standard '60s like. The Midnights or some shit like that, like I think, but yeah, they were roommates. That's amazing. And I'm like, you think about Neil Young and Rick James living together, and what an awesome. And that was pre-cocaine, so they were probably just ingesting speed by the the Mina Birds. The it has not. So I was totally wrong. The yeah, and but it's like it's just so, think about Neil Young. It sounds like the most further from Motown as you can get. Because they said like they like they had they kind of picked out like their outfits and all that kind of stuff for them. And just to think about, it's I, I it's like it's like Frankenstein and the Temptations or something. I just imagine it's like all right that dude clearly yeah that doesn't fit. that band was made up of Neil Young, Rick James, a guy named Goldie McJohn, who I would recommend you go look at his picture online, and another guy named Nick Saint Nicholas. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like Neil Young, Rick James, and two Saint porn stars. Castle. Well, there, there's two other guys: Bruce Palmer and Neil Merriweather. But uh, yeah, the yeah, <laughs> the pictures of all these people is outstanding. Please tell me Neil Young's the only white guy. Please tell me he's the only white guy. <laughs> I just want to see the picture of Neil Young. It's like four brothers and fucking Neil Young. I'm pretty sure the picture of Bruce Palmer. He has a belt tied around his head like a like a leather belt nice Uh, and and Meriwether looks like he joined the occult it's like a it's like a an animated thing but since we are talking about the occult why don't we hop onto the covers real quick and talk about the (laughs) the occult (laughs) under the covers what the the covers and different versions of cinnamon girl because there are many Jonathan how many covers did you Mm, listen to none None. Uh, Have you heard any other versions of this song? Just the live stuff. Yeah. yeah. Do you like the live stuff better than the recorded stuff? I think stuff? the recorded stuff is tighter. I do like it just a smidge faster, but no, I mean, I think the recorded version is superior. Nice. Neil, what you got? Um, well, I think the most noteworthy was the Smashing Pumpkins. 
Yeah, it's fine. No, I mean, it's a live no, version. No, it's not good. It's... I'm not saying it's good. It's just noteworthy. Because <laughs> it's interesting. Like, I, I don't think I'll ever well, put it on again other than just to, uh, just because of the novelty. But, um, oh, I, for, I forgot. I, I do know a super cool, random, totally random. I've got Radiohead playing it live. Yes. On yes, a random I've box that. set, I Radiohead box set. It's cool. It's so Sweet. random. Yeah. <clears throat> it's it's very random. You're like, why are they covering I'd this song? I listened to them um, today play a version of After the Gold Rush, which was perfect for Tom York. So good. Yeah, yeah, yeah I bet so. I bet. <laughs> I can see that. That that song's a little boring to me. But um, the, the problem with the covers of this song is like, you no, can't really deviate from how this and, song does. They all do the thing. It's just like a straightforward cover yeah, of the you song. You can't replicate you know? this vibe. Like it, it's it's almost a fool's errand. It's a fun song, and people are gonna dig it, but it's not gonna be anything to write home about. Although I will say, a band called the Gentries yes, covered yes. it a year later, and that sounds it's, pretty it's almost good. more birds. They basically go f- it. They they go full, full birds, birds yeah. and I like it like that. It's kind of cool. I like that version of the song, maybe even better than the the Neil Young uh, crazy. And um, well, while we're here, um, Jonathan, I must say, for the whole Frankenstein deal, how dare you? Now you just like I don't. It just is what it. I mean, I mean it you're right, is. but I but I don't like it. I don't <laughs> like that picture. But just speaking of that, <laughs> this live version of him with Crazy Horse in '91 doing this with his like black T-shirt with the neck like huge. Red flannel boots just stomping around, just playing this tune. It is so cool. He does the solo twice. They do the bridge solo, bridge solo, like two minute (laughs) outro. So, and the thing was, as soon as it went into the second solo, I was like, oh my God, what are they doing? And then it was like, oh, I see what they're doing. Because it's just, it just, it's kind of (laughs) such a good performance that you're like, yeah, just keep this vibe going. And then Neil definitely at the end does such a long he just plays with the crowd like for a minute plus just doing just just really hey, jumping around that 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 would sound fantastic live that mm-hmm. outro you you could you could fuck around with that for a little while but just a couple of as i said before the four-way street live medley with the loner cinema girl down by the river is fantastic I'd say if you do a live version, like with uh, Crazy Horse, live from Fillmore East, I like a little bit better than Live Rust. And then there's one from Live at the Cellar Door, which is just him on piano. Yeah. Uh, it's cool. It's, it's, it's a it's a bad recording. Yeah. So, Neil, how does it the It fits shit really nice, like a nice comfy pair of moccasins around the campfire. You dig that. Jonathan? It fit, fits like... Very elf slippers at Christmas time. It's like Frankenstein shoes. <laughs> Are they pointy? No, well, a little bit. They're slight, they're, but there is no bell. There's no bell on the end. They're very like ergonomically shaped. They feel like how thin are they? Can you no, feel the it's ground? It's like it's like I put my foot in a marshmallow. Like so, it's like uh, just that warm coziness you're, of. You're you're like it's almost like space shoes a little bit. You're kind of like floating almost when you step. Yeah, you know, it's like exactly that that warm. But instead of having like pants on, you're just like in your undies. See, I love like yeah. I don't wear underwear, but yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, no, you're just in elf <laughs> shoes. <laughs> just and a, and a bandana shoes. and a flannel. <laughs> me and, and a red me, flannel. Me and, and <laughs> this term. One of my favorite terms is uh, I can't even fucking. I was gonna say just me in a banana hammock. <laughs> you guys, Rudolph, Rudolph nose. That, uh, with just a Rudolph nose um, at the end of the banana. Glows. Nice, you know, <laughs> so bright. <laughs> that glows when you glow. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's it. I mean, cinnamon's just I mean, always a good thing. I'm gonna say uh, it. I'm gonna go back to my Wilco pick, where I say that I love the shoe. But it's the wrong color. It's it's a cinnamon color, and I and I hate cinnamon. So, <laughs> so cinnamon girl, just to to close this out. Cinnamon girl is talking about a redheaded girl, right? I've never thought of it that way, but maybe it's a good call. So and and cinnamon sounds better than ginger, right? Yeah, for sure. More, yeah, there's more syllables. It. Sure does. That's how you that's how you write a hit <laughs> song, folks. Switch out spices. Yes. <laughs> Switch out a better spice for a worse wisely. spice, and and then and then put girl at the end. Um, <laughs> and on that note, 
we are going to play a cover of Cinnamon Girl. That ending was as smooth as Neil Young's dancing is. cover you just heard was performed by neil marsh and josh bond thank you for listening to pod gave rock and roll to you please subscribe and rate on apple and spotify you can also find us on twitter and instagram under the handle at pod gave rock next week is josh's week so josh what will we be discussing we will be discussing van morrison's into the mystic can we talk about his covid song can't wait <laughs>